0: Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today, I'm so excited to discuss about mobile SEO, how you can get results uh, with this type of SEO, because it's quite different from common SEO. And I'm excited to discuss this topic with Cindy Krum. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm doing great. Great. Yeah. Good day. You know, I think uh, nature doesn't have bad days, you know. So, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, before we start, just tell more about your experience, background, and why you decided to pay more attention to mobile SEO.
0: Sure. So, I've been doing SEO since about 2003. Uh, before that, I was just building websites um and i started mobile moxie in 2008 um so we've been around for quite a while and uh, i decided to focus on mobile seo because um back at the time i was doing searches on phones and i noticed that the results were very different and very bad and most of the websites that ranked "Mm, maybe you couldn't use them or they were just a really bad experience so Um, I wanted to, to fix that. And I, I read blogs by people who are developing mobile sites because at the time you did different sites and I could just see obvious mistakes that were really bad for SEO. Um, so I decided like these people need to know, um, that what they're doing is gonna hurt their potential to rank or hurt the way that things um get crawled and indexed. So I've been doing it ever since then. And now we have a mobile SEO tool set on the mobile moxie website. People really love our tool called the serperator SEOs love that one. Mm-hmm. Developers love the pagescope. Um so yeah and I speak and train and I wrote a book and yeah, I just love it.
1: Bye. <laughs> love your experience and you know i, I remember uh, when uh, google uh, changed approaches about ranking uh mobile websites uh this version uh, and um, yeah m- many uh, uh people in seo community argued do you, you need to uh optimize your website for mobile version or not but today i think we have no these questions you must you must yeah, yeah. can you tell yeah. more uh where we need to pay more attention today uh, if you want to get uh, traffic from uh, SEO, uh from a mobile uh, smartphone and uh, why uh, it's quite different from common SEO? yeah sure so um in
0: 2019 google launched mobile first indexing before that 2017 was what we called mobile get in and that was when um google said that you had to make all of your style sheets in javascript crawlable and all of this was an effort to make mobile experience is better for searchers um, and um, make it easier for Google to crawl and index the content and understand it better
1: um, and we've
0: come a long way um, since the early days and you know some people only think of amp as the mobile SEO but there's really a whole lot more to it um, because it's um, there's just uh, more things that can impact rankings in mobile. And that's been true since the beginning. Um, if you think about, um, the things like, um, you can have different results a hundred percent between desktop and a phone, if you're sitting in the exact same place and everything else is the same, you can have differences, sometimes major differences, um, like a video pack that has five videos that comes in on mobile, but it's not, not there on desktop. And that'll push everything down. Um, or you can have differences between two phones um, because of the phone or the phone size, or because um, of the operating system. Uh, sometimes different things rank better for iOS versus Android, especially when you're talking about app rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then of course, location. You know, if mm-hmm. any if the algorithm thinks that there's any local intent, then the possibility of a map pack or any kind of um, more localized results is going to change. And so I get frustrated, especially in the US, people will just say, oh, well, I've done my research and I know how this keyword looks in the US. Well, the tools will centralize the US and do like the center of the country is Kansas. There aren't that many people there. Um, So you need to, in some cases, know state by state, city by city, or even if you're a local business um, down to the address, how do search results look? to make
1: Mm -hmm. a a real strategic decision. Yeah, nice, nice. Got it. Uh, You know, I'm interested about uh, hiding content uh, for mobile users. For example, uh, when we have two versions, desktop and mobile, uh, in some versions, uh, mobile version can hide some uh, type of content Uh, what do you think do we need to do it or it's better to extend uh, to scroll more you know uh, to uh, add this information or it's uh, uh, it's normal I don't know (laughs) like Google can consider and uh, index this content
0: yeah. So what Google says is they want all the same content between mobile and desktop. Uh-huh. There are um, obviously that can create usability con- uh, issues for very long pages. What Google says to um, to do in this case is to use really good um, headings and subheadings in your content to help people know where they are. Um, you can also use uh, expanders um, plus boxes to make, Mm -hmm. uh, things hideable, but so you can have it a bit more compact, um, and just make sure that the content that's hidden is still crawlable. Um, and you can also do things, um, some old strategies are coming back into style, like using jump links, um, or, um, anchors named anchors, um, to, to get, uh, people to scroll exactly where you want Mm -hmm. them. Google's even using that a lot more in their documentation. I don't know if you've noticed, but most of the time now in Google guidelines and documentation, when you hover over a heading or a subheading, you get a little link icon on the right um, that kind of appears. And if you click that link icon, it's going to link you not just to the page, but to the heading or the subheading. Um, And so I think this is helping Google's algorithm break down pages into topic areas because this is one of the biggest changes with mobile first indexing is Google's trying harder to understand everything and Google talked about it like it was just a change in crawler i think that's not true i think it's much more a change about how the algorithm was organized and we're seeing that with things like mom and bert and all of the language understanding that came out right around um the rollout of of mobile first indexing and it makes sense because i think in google's mind they think of mobile as not just the phone but mobile being like portable Mm -hmm. something you can take with you or something they can take with them and what they want to do is they want to break things into bite-sized pieces that for instance the google assistant can respond with Mm -hmm. um, to to get into the future of, um, technology and information and stuff like that. So the jump links tell Google explicitly, this is a new section. And, um, here's a specific topic. This is what it's about. And, um, I think that that's a lot of what we're working on with clients that, and then the speakable schema, because anything that makes content more speakable, it does seem to be what Google's looking for.
1: Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, You mentioned that you wrote a book. You know, I love reading books. I can't avoid this question. Can you provide a strong reason uh, why I need to read this book? Why people who are listening or watching this uh, live stream uh, need to to read this book? Because, you know, we have a bunch of books. I usually uh, read reviews before uh, reading them because I can't read all of them. But I love reading. (laughs) So tell uh, what kind of value can I get by reading your book and why it's important today?
0: Well, okay, so the book came out in um, 2011. Um, So it's a bit old. I would recommend not reading it. You can read it if you want a reminder of what things were like. 10 years ago. um, But it's, uh, it's a bit old now. It was a really comprehensive book about mobile marketing included mobile SEO and PPC and text messaging and all those things. So if you want an overview, you could read it. Um, And it still has four and a half out of five stars on Amazon. So if you're looking at the reviews, people like it. But um, there are newer things. And actually, I'm contributing a chapter on on mobile um, in some books that are coming out soon. So you might just uh, wait for those uh, Mm -hmm. or read some blog posts or watch YouTube videos.
1: Yeah, nice. Got it. Okay, guys, I'll submit this book in the description below. Check it out buy it and of course, learn it. Okay. Um, I have the question about uh, uh, drawing design. Uh, creating the design Uh, in most cases um, webmasters uh, when they cooperate with designers they usually ask uh, to draw design for uh, a desktop version and they skip mobile version they usually think that uh, cms system can do it you know they can uh, WordPress or Wix, they can uh, squeeze design what do you think about this do we need to ask designers to draw design for a mobile version and uh, why it's important
0: Yes. So this is the core of what they call mobile first design is instead of starting with the desktop and then trying to squeeze it down, you start with the mobile design um, and then expand it as you get to more and more capable devices. What that does Mm -hmm. is it forces you to think about what is the most important information on the page? What's the most important action on the page? What do we really need to call attention to? And it keeps you, um kind of honest in terms of what's absolutely necessary versus what's not and so if you make the the mobile version first and think about streamlining things and load time and stuff like that then when you get to larger versions you could add um more interactivity, more JavaScript, more functionality in, but you've got something that will work. And so it's, it's a more disciplined way uh, to do things. And that ends up having positive downstream effects for the entire uh, website. So, so Mm -hmm. I would recommend starting mobile first for each of your major page templates, um, just to, um, because, and that's, you know, Google named their update mobile first indexing. So they care about that too. And I do think that they do it. Um, they've started rolling out the algorithm updates on mobile first sometimes, often now, um, and there are a lot of testing on mobile. So, um, It's just a way of the future. And more than half of searches now are on mobile devices. And even if you're a B2B company, just know that people are sitting on their couch watching TV and sometimes still doing business or researching uh, a business to work with or researching a product. Um, And so making your content viewable on mobile, even if you're B2B and you think that people aren't using it, they are. Um, and, And there are things that you can do if you're B2B and you think that... Um, You don't need mobile to make it more kind of cross device friendly where you can say, oh, you know, send this link to this specific content to um, someone on Slack or send this in an email or whatever to make it more portable um, so that no one will know that you're sitting on your couch watching TV uh, with the phone rather than at work. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of strategies that you can do.
1: Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, we have a good question uh, from Nizam. Uh, thanks for the question. What should be font size for mobile screen? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I wanna it's know an interesting
0: how- question. So in, um, in fonts, instead of having an absolute pixel height, um, mm-hmm. there are relative measurements, kind of like um, when you use relative measurements in style sheets um, with percents and stuff like that for fonts, the relative measurement is called an EM. Um, and the EMs go one EM, two EM, three EM. And this is kind of like medium, small, medium, large. Um, and so you can just, um, have the relative font sizes and say, this should be the biggest font on the page. This one should be medium. This one should be small. And then you don't have to commit to a specific font size. The other thing that's good about that is remember that lots of people on their phones, um, especially as they get older, they'll, um, override font settings anyway and say, oh, I want the font, um, overall default to be bigger. Um, and so the EMS work well with that, uh, too. Mm -hmm.
1: So there's not a
0: specific answer. Just use the EMS and let the phone decide
1: yeah got it um yeah I, I love to learn my competitors and uh, to stand out from the rest you know, <laughs> to provide something new <laughs> okay you know uh, can you tell more about learning user experience how to provide this audit that everything is fine with my mobi- my mobile version because when i check out desktop version i know that i need more space i need to simplicity personalization what about mobile version where i need we need to pay more attention
0: yeah. So, um, in mobile and especially from an SEO perspective, um, you need to be looking at how close things are to each other, um, especially the buttons and, um, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that your font is showing up big enough, um, and that all of the tap target sizes are big enough. And then the other big thing with UX is always going to be, um, speed and load time. So making sure that you're passing all the, um, page experience, uh, requirements for mobile, the core web vitals for mobile, um, and that things are loading um, quickly and don't have jank. They don't wiggle mm-hmm. around when they're loading. Um, and that's going to gonna give you the best mobile experience. The other thing is to make sure that you're testing on a variety of different phones uh, with a variety of different settings. So you could... Um, test on your own phone and then a couple other people in the office, but then also make sure you test on someone who has a different font setting, like a um, enhanced accessibility font sizes um, to see how that looks and test. um, I usually recommend testing landscape and portrait. Mostly people use portrait. um, So expecting someone to to switch and use landscape is, um, you can't plan on it, people will probably be using portrait. um, But you should at least test and make sure it works. um, Because if someone's accessing the site on a tablet, those are much more likely to be landscape Mm -hmm. when they're used. Um, And then also you can use online uh, page emulators. Uh, That's part of what our Pagescope tool does is it lets you choose from 50 phones um, to interact with your website and it's fully interactive. So you can click all the way through to conversion. So making sure that your forms work, if you're e-commerce or a lead gen and people have to fill in forms, those can easily break on phones or they can populate wrong and pull in the wrong information. Um, so testing all of that, uh, to make sure it works is, is really important for, um, making sure that the, the website is doing what it's supposed to. It's making money or converting
1: yeah we have another question about uh, we design a site for desktop and then adapt it for mobile perfectly hmm. yeah. <laughs> i don't know how you they can measure perfectly but i hope it will be how does the google know it is not mobile first is there any text that i use to tell google it is mobile first or, or it is just uh, understood by google based on readability yeah what do you think
0: So Google doesn't know. They're not in your house or in your uh, office checking on you. It's more about the final result and Mm -hmm. is it usable? Is it readable? Is it fast um, at loading? So they won't actually know and there's not anything that you really need to communicate um, to say this was mobile first or to say it wasn't mobile first, but we tried really hard. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of the the final result. Does it work well on mobile? Is it fast enough? Stuff like that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, today it's, uh, you know, uh, webmasters don't need to think only about Google. It's better to think about user experience because uh, Google considers uh, UX, how people, uh, uh, how people behave on your website. So uh, uh, I often get the question, you know, about social media. Do we need to uh, be active on social media for SEO? Uh, I think, yes, it's indirect factor, but it's more about uh, and uh, using another channel. You know, yeah, on social yeah. media, you can get new sales, uh, traffic, anything, you know, uh, create brand awareness. Um, it's the same, I think, with mobile SEO. Uh, don't think only about SEO or what type of traffic you can get. Think more about yeah, uh, how you can satisfy user intent uh, and, yeah, and uh, yeah. thinking more about your uh, visitors, customers. Uh, yes,
0: I totally agree. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Um, especially so remember that if you're sharing things on social media, let's say articles, blog posts, things like that, um, people are much more likely to access social media from a mobile device than a desktop. So those things especially need to be mobile friendly. But you're right that SEO is kind of grown up. It's not about just trying to be more clever than Google um, and trick Google. It's Mm -hmm. about creating a good holistic brand experience. And the signals of having a good brand are things that Google can see. So for instance, if you're creating a bunch of spammy sites, those spammy sites won't have a Google My Business listing. They won't have Mm -hmm. Twitter or YouTube or Facebook. Um, But real companies will. And so I think that this is something that Google is looking for for, to tell, is this a real high value company that's really engaging with their customers wherever they can uh, or not? And if you don't have active um, social media, I think that might be a signal. Google hasn't said this, but I think it might be a signal to Google that you're not really high quality company or you're not really engaged with your customers
1: yeah totally totally yeah so 75 percent of users uh open social media profiles they want to get more trust from you uh some of them are uh, looking for uh discounts or any other stuff that's okay you know uh, so uh, it's better to communicate with users on social media as i do all the yeah. time
0: yeah. Okay. Well, it's, uh, it's better to get a user
1: um, and give them a discount than to not get a user. Of course, of course. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, can you tell more about uh, simplicity? Uh, for example, uh, when I check out Apple.com, I can see uh, simple sentences, even uh, quotes and not sentences uh, make difference, you know. Uh, and uh, what do you think about uh creating simplicity for mobile version. Uh, Do we need to do it? Because, for example, when uh, I'm looking for content uh, on desktop, I can read a lot. You know, I love it. But on mobile, it's hard. You know, you need to scroll. What do you think? Do we need to simplify experience for uh, mobile users?
0: I think overall having a simple web experience is a good idea because (laughs) we as um, marketers and business people, we tend to... um, give all the details and complexities too quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And people who are shopping or comparing offerings um, are just looking for high level information, so you have to kind of segment it and say this is the simple information for um, people who are just getting into this so that we don't scare them away. And then you wait to give all the details on another page further down. And they may exist, but you have to kind of give it in small bites. Um, and make it really easy to consume and not overwhelming. And with simple sentences, I think that's a brilliant point because the more that Google is trying to understand, understand and not just look for keywords, mm-hmm. um, the more having good sentence structure and not having, you know, sentences that are have 200 words in them uh, with lots of dashes and semicolons, like that's gonna confuse. Um, an algorithm that's trying to understand the sentence versus having, you know, a sentence that's one line that has one noun and one verb and not a lot of extra stuff um, is is easier for the bot to process and understand. And, and things like having uh, headings, subheadings, bullets, uh, tables, uh, those also help the language understanding algorithms um, put uh, put together a story and an under a real understanding of what you do and how you relate to other things in the in the topic layer
1: oh, these guys are from North Korea uh, they can't watch our live stream but they applaud they want to learn about new stuff as well okay we have the next question uh, can brand school be forgotten you? low visibility of branding in mobile view to remember that what do you think
0: (laughs) yeah um i think especially if you have um lots of competition on your brand name let's say um it's not a very unique brand name um you're just the corner coffee shop and there's a lot of corner coffee shops then Mm. then you could get lost um The way to, the way around that, um, especially from an SEO perspective, is to make sure that you are the kind of uh, multifaceted, multimodal um, business. So Mm -hmm. um, if you feel like your branding is getting lost, one of the easiest things I think companies should be doing is using YouTube. Uh, YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. After Google, they're counted separately Mm -hmm. and it's more than... um, you know any of the other competitors and people are engaging a lot um with youtube especially on mobile and youtube ranks in google almost always at the top um mm-hmm. it just magically floats up to the top so if you think that your website isn't showing up well enough um it can be hard in a competitive space to push your blue link website up to the top of all the keywords that you want but it's less hard to use platforms that already have good seo value because they're huge international things so youtube twitter uh, facebook having great optimized content that you're putting there um, those domains have a lot of authority and so they can rank them sometimes faster so sometimes i don't even think it's strategic to only rely on your website i think that it's more strategic and you'll get to the top of the rankings faster if you open up your idea of what SEO is, yes, your website is important, but it doesn't have to be the first stop. You can get them to the website by ranking something in a social media account uh, much more quickly, and then just pass them from the social media account to uh, the place that they need to be on the website.
1: Yeah, nice, valuable. Uh, I have the question about creating um, a content strategy. For example, I usually create content strategy for both versions mobile and desktop, what do you think, do we need to separate them, you know, to uh, tell uh, it's the strategy for mobile, it's for desktop, because uh, most users, uh, you know, can consume this content on desktop, these users can consume on mobile in most cases, what do you think about that?
0: I don't know, Um, I think, obviously, Google would say that most, um, or all of the content should be accessible on both. Mm -hmm. Um, and viewable on both. And you could think of things as a mobile strategy and the mobile strategy perhaps would drive different conversions. Um, It really depends on the business. So for instance, let's say you're the corner coffee shop, a mobile strategy um, might be more about driving foot traffic to the coffee shop to go get a coffee and a croissant, to um, go there every day um, that we have good Wi-Fi and plugs everywhere and private, you know, whatever areas for you. If you want to sit with your laptop and work, um, stuff like that to drive foot traffic might be your mobile focus. And then the desktop content might be more about, um, driving online conversions for buying coffee or buying a coffee subscription or buying a, a membership to the coffee, uh, place where you get a discount every day. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What? Tell me more. I'm I'm curious about what you're doing. How are you looking at it separately?
1: Mm, uh, you know, I'm not looking separately, but, you know, I I, uh, I have this thought, you know, uh, that can I separate them? For example, if I know that, uh, or, for example, to check out Google Analytics and see that most users are coming from mobile or for desktop, it's possible that I can separate them, but uh, I usually don't do it as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just just uh, had the spot. Uh, okay uh, i want to ask about conversion rate uh, for mobile version uh, bec- um, i don't remember where exactly but i read uh, a few studies that uh, mobile users don't buy in most cases they usually uh, check out some stuff and can buy uh, after this on the stop version what do you think how do we can improve conversion rate optimization for mobile version
0: yeah so um it's true that um sometimes mobile users are less likely to convert they -hmm. may do a couple different things they may um be interacting with your website to find out more information to go convert offline um they may be doing research and uh, saving links to convert later on their computer especially if they're on public wi-fi and they don't want to they don't feel as comfortable putting their phone or uh, their credit card details into their phone or things like that. Um, or sometimes um, people will start on a, in, a, in a Google search or on the website, but then switch to your app when they remember you have your app. And the app is great because maybe it has your um, address saved and your credit card information saved. And that saves a lot of time. Um, and sometimes the, there's a really seamless transition from website to app and people don't even realize that they've been transitioned to the app. Um, and so the, um, there are good reasons for people to convert a little bit less on their phone, but if you make it really easy, um, make it really easy for people to save shipping information and credit card information if they want to. Of course, Mm -hmm. you need to have all the safety protocols to make sure that the data is safe. Um, But then have, you know, one-click login and uh, always offer that, you know, you know, this is the credit card you've used before. Do you want to use it again? This is the shipping address you've used before. Do you want to use it again? And let's say you're a company that has a network of brands. You're a big, big company. Let's say like um, The Gap. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're the Gap and Banana Republic, um, and you put your credit card in one, since they're owned by the same company, you at some point opted in to say, "Yeah, sure, um, the, all of your stores can know my, can have access to my uh, details," and that saves them at, uh, time. So letting people. Um, check out as quickly and easily as possible without having to type all of their details every single time into the phone. Uh, That's a huge way to improve conversion. Uh, Making your conversion pages as fast as possible and um, requiring as little information as possible um, is great. Um, And then offloading things if you do have an app Um, or if people just don't feel comfortable converting from their phone, you can always include a phone number that they can call to fit, to complete the transaction, um, and have a transaction ID that they can give to the phone support person and say, this is the transaction I'm in the middle of, but something's gone wrong. Let's do it over the phone and allow people to save their place in the conversion funnel, whether it's just a cart or halfway filled out forms and email it to themselves um, or save it for later if they feel more comfortable converting from a different physical location or a different device.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, it. Uh, okay. Uh, by the way, uh, I, I like this question about a- AMP because, uh, yeah, thanks for asking because uh, I forget to ask this question. What do you think about AMP? How it helps uh, to get ranking?
0: Yeah, so AMP was um, specific um, and helping pages, um, especially in news categories and recipe categories and things like that, uh, help them be faster. And Google said for years that faster pages tend to rank better. So we know this. Um, Google has now kind of backed off on AMP. They're not showing the lightning bolt uh, symbol anymore. Um, But the good thing about AMP is it is still incredibly fast. So if you have a big project where you're trying to improve core web vitals, you're trying to improve uh, mobile experience, or you're just trying to improve overall mobile load time, um, I still recommend companies use AMP code where they can
1: um, mm-hmm.
0: to because it's the fastest possible code developed by some of the best developers in the world. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel and figure out how to make it fast. They've already made it really really fast so if you're struggling with any of those things load time especially switching in amp code wherever you can is going to help you immensely and the goal is not to be amp valid um i've never you know unless you're a news company and you need that lightning bolt or you're a recipe and you need that lightning bolt who cares about amp valid just use the fast code um Mm -hmm. so you don't have to figure out how to make yourself fast they've already figured it out
1: yeah, yeah, totally. Uh what do you think about CMS Um, for example if someone want to choose content marketing system uh, WordPress Shopify uh, any other uh, Wix what do you think how uh, is it important for uh, mobility for example I know for desktop versions um, for me it's much uh, simpler to optimize content for WordPress because we have a bunch of plugins uh, open code many other stuff on Wix yeah I have limited resources I can that Wix is bad. Of course not. Uh, It depends on your resources. If you can hire a team of web developers, yeah, uh, you can go to the WordPress. But if you have no of them, so open Wix, Shopify, any other. What do you think for mobile SEO? Is it important or not?
0: Yes, absolutely it is. Um, And definitely WordPress um, does seem to be doing more with Google directly. Uh, Mm -hmm. Shopify as well, they seem like they are um, trying to collaborate more and more. And this makes sense from Google's perspective, because, um, the more Google knows, um, the CMS and how it works, the more it can treat it kind of like an API and just find the content that it wants and ignore everything else. Um, and the problem with any CMS is it's probably gonna add additional code that you don't need. Um, and so starting with the fastest templates you can find is great. So for instance, if you're in WordPress and you're looking for a WordPress theme, looking for one that's AMP and responsive will, um, even if you break the AMP later and it's not AMP valid, you've still got really fast code um, that starts you out ahead of everyone else who didn't start out smart like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But using, so any CMS is gonna add code google is trying to turn cms's into a understood uh apis even though it's not really an api but they're trying to just build into their crawler what they already know that they can ignore just to help find the content and so i think um you know shopify wix any of them can be good um, but they all have drawbacks most of the cms's are moving to cloud or hybrid cloud, I think that's probably gonna help things get faster and faster. And it's also gonna help um, kind of probably help Google as well um, potentially get faster uh, at crawling and indexing. But when you think about what to do, you have to remember Google's main limitation is the crawler. Um, mm-hmm. And so anything you can do to make the crawler more efficient um, is going to be uh, is going to be good. Um, And so but then on the other side of it, from a business decision, you need to use the CMS that works best for whatever you're doing, that doesn't constantly have to be repaired, um, updated, uh, reconsidered where it's not down Mm -hmm. um, all the time or having outages. Um, and that it allows your content creators to just do what they do and not constantly have to go back to development and say, oh, it's broken again, or, oh, this isn't doing what I want. And I don't know how to fix it. So it's always a balance. Um, but of course, um, CMSs are great. Um, and the more we get towards edge SEO and stuff that's happening in the cloud, um, the less, uh, the less critical the CMS may be overall, because if you're using, let's say you're using WordPress, uh, but you're using Cloudflare to pre-render all the pages, or let's say you're even using Wix, um, and you're using um, pre-rendering and lots of stuff in the cloud to make sure it's it's even faster, even faster, Um, then um, you have these new levels of workarounds that make things better.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Uh, you know, uh, when I open Amazon, uh, I can get the content for, for a moment, you know, very fast. Uh, and uh, but when I open other websites, it takes time to load, and I can wait. And I check out a few studies that um, users, uh, uh, 20% of users uh, uh, leave websites for after uh, Three seconds uh, of loading, and yeah. uh, what do you think? Uh, how it's important today uh, to uh, optimize for speed, to increase speed, and uh, if uh, some websites have uh, low speed, what they need to do?
0: I think that the quickest fix is using um, the new Google image caching that happens mm-hmm. in the browser. Um, rather than relying on old, uh, JavaScript intersection observers to fetch things as they get close to the bottom of the viewport, that was a lot of math that companies were doing where they were like, when he scrolls, um, if it gets within this amount of stuff, start to, or this amount of pixels, start to load that next image, start to load that next video. And people were writing more and more JavaScript to do that, to make it faster, but the JavaScript was actually making it sometimes slower, um, or... Um, just not a great experience, and that's a whole lot of extra effort. So, using the um, image loading uh, um, indicators in your code. So, um, load uh, loading equals e- uh, eager, loading equals lazy. Um, tells the browser to do all that math for you on all the different devices um, as it goes. So it offloads any of the need for that JavaScript um, and um, it, it makes it a faster experience and much easier on Chrome and presu- presumably easier on the bot as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, you know, I remember when uh, Steve Jobs uh, changed our world, you know, with this mobile device. I, I love it, you know. Uh, and um, I'm interested about the future. Can you uh, predict? Uh, or uh provide your predictions about the future because uh uh many other things can go uh to the first place like metaverse uh, hamlet i don't know glasses what do you think <laughs> what kind of future will be uh do we need to pay attention optimizing for uh mobile versions or we need to think more about a new environment that uh, maybe will come at not know. Huh? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think as we move into the future, the presentation layer is going to be more separate from the data. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you think about what Google's been doing, they've been focusing on... query and um, focusing on making public data sets available in APIs so that you can pull them in and remix them and focusing on, you know, getting people using Data Studio and the focus on pushing everyone to Google Analytics 4. And my, my thought process is like, why does Google need to push everyone to Google Analytics 4? What is so different that they couldn't just keep upgrading what we had? And I think that what we're gonna see is that it makes it easier to understand when your information has been consumed rather than when your website has been visited. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is gonna make Google look good because right now Google looks pretty bad with lifting all of the information into Knowledge Graph and lifting all of the information in featured snippets and doing expanded... um, Meta descriptions when it seems relevant for the user—that's all great for the user and users love it. But webmasters are like, yeah, but where did my clicks go? And mm-hmm. so I think, and and I think that especially regulators throughout Europe um, are are starting to be bothered by this too. It's like I c- spent the time and effort to create this content, but now if if credit is given by a website visit, I don't get credit. But if mm-hmm. credit is given by a, your data was consumed or your data was at least presented, then you get closer to something that Google can feel good about, that I can feel good about if it was my content, um, and that regulators can approve and say, okay, it was your content was viewed even if we don't have the website visit to prove it. And when you release the uh, bonds of data from a website visit or hit, or session, um, then you get closer to this idea of portable content that I think Google has at its core. They don't talk about it, but I think they want data to be able to be consumed um, visually if you're reading, or read to you by Google Assistant um, if you're at home and and doing a voice search, or if you're in a car and doing a voice search, or um, you know the the effort that google's having to go to still to deal with apps um and uh how for some companies it can be incredibly time consuming and hard to uh, join app content with web content if they have different stuff in the app versus web or a different organization or they thought oh well, the app's going to be why would we replicate the website in the app we want to do something different in the app and they thought they mm-hmm. were being smart but actually from a Google perspective that's uh, that makes their life harder and then they don't know you know what to surface or when and it's not a good conversion experience if you want to pass someone from the website to the app to complete a conversion so I think the more we separate content from its presentation layer the happier Google's going to be because they don't have to worry so much about the rendering and rendering is what's slowing them down. That's why we have have Core Web Vitals, is because if we have good Core Web Vitals, their renderer works faster. (laughs) Um, And so it's all of these, they make these decisions and then they have to do a Band-Aid like Core Web Vitals. Like, oh yeah, we thought rendering sounded great until it slowed our bots down even more. And like AMP was the same thing, oh, we thought, responsive design sounded great until people used so much bad JavaScript to make things responsive that we had to come up with AMP. And so I think it's it's always kind of like this. We go this way and then they correct or they do a Band-Aid and that's fine. That's how every business is. But yeah, I think that's the future. And that gets us into the idea of big Big data. Big data is is constantly moving. It's not static. um, And it's constantly changing. And that's how we get into smart cities, you know, smart devices, Internet of Things, where the data becomes massive, but also massively powerful. And I know Google wants to be a part of that. Um, And I think um, clever SEOs will too
1: nice nice yeah yeah well explained love it thanks a lot cindy it's a big pleasure to get you on my show to learn from you uh tell uh, our audience how they can reach out to you learn more about you follow you
0: sure um so uh my name is cindy crumb uh you can go to mobilemoxie.com we have uh two free tools or three free tools that you can try out for mobile uh the separator the pagescope and the app um to see how you rank in uh mobile anywhere in the world or how your website and landing page looks in mobile anywhere in the world um or how your app ranks in app packs um so those are free uh, we're about to launch some chrome extensions as well so you can find our stuff there and if you just want to talk to me um i'm on twitter most of the time uh, it's easier to get me on twitter than anywhere else including email and linkedin uh, so my name on twitter i put it in uh here so you hopefully can see it s-u-z-z-i-c-k-s um, so that's me
1: nice nice okay guys if you listen to us on apple google spotify you can find all these links in the description below i think everyone loves free tools you know i'm going to use them i'll tell my team to use these tools because yeah uh the last time we are paying more attention with mobile seo because we want to <laughs> get this traffic uh, not ignore it thanks a lot cindy one more time you know again yeah it's a big pleasure that you found this time to share all this valuable information to reply to all these questions we, we have uh Um, Other questions, uh, guys, you can reach out to Cindy on Twitter and ask these questions. Thanks a lot. Yeah, big pleasure.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for listening to this entire podcast.
0: Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.